2: welcome back to the fighter versus the Writer. i'm your host as always damon martin and this week we are rolling into another pay-per-view we are on the precipice of UFC 279 where Hamzat Chemaev will face Nate Diaz in a uh, rather interesting main event. Let's leave it at that because uh, right now Chemaev is about 11-1 favorite to win that fight. We also got Tony Ferguson taking on Li Jingliang and uh, probably the closest fight on the entire card, the one I'm honestly looking most forward to will be one of my guests today, Kevin Holland taking on Daniel Rodriguez. We're going to talk to Kevin Holland in just a few moments about his uh, taking this fight on relatively short notice, also doing it at a catchweight at 180 pounds, Um, what else he's got going on in terms of the welterweight division, other fights he might take later this year, and a whole lot more. We're also going to be speaking to former NBA player turned boxing hopeful Nick Swaggy P. Young, uh, those are four words I probably never imagined myself saying on a mixed martial arts podcast, but here we are. Um, influencer boxing, which is what it's now being called, uh, has exploded. And anyone that denies that, uh, you can hate it. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not telling you to like it. I'm just saying there's a lot of people who do, a lot of people who tune in to watch. You know, KSI fought a couple of guys who probably had no business being in the boxing ring with him and he won and people went nuts i mean people were all over that that story jake paul of course massive star uh, he's trying to regard himself in a different light than the other influencers because he actually wants to build what he believes will be in a legitimate boxing career. And if he ends up fighting Anderson Silva, then that would you know go a long way to proving that. Um, but, you know, you got guys like Logan Paul out there. You got guys like, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, who else is out there? Uh, Darren Williams, another NBA player who's out there doing this thing, you know, boxing. And, and, you know, he seems to be taking it more seriously. He's a more lifelong martial artist. But you get my point influencer boxing you know guys who are not necessarily professional boxers are taking a stab at the sport and i'm never going to be opposed to anybody making money and if there are people interested uh go ahead you know there are huge i mean twitch is a massive service for streaming video gaming i've never been interested because i'm not a big gamer but i understand there's a lot of people who are i'm not going to begrudge them the right to pay or to watch you know other people play video games that's cool League of legends huge huge events they, they they have huge events in the Staples Center where the fight that, uh, that Nick Young is going to fight on this weekend. So, again, I'm not saying you should like it. I'm just saying that it's huge, and we can't deny that people are paying attention. So, with that being said, I'm going to welcome Nick Young onto the show. We're going to talk about his foray into boxing as he gets ready to take on Blueface, a rapper from L.A. who previously fought on a BKFC card in a boxing match. Uh, he's been in headlines lately for probably all the wrong reasons, but... We're going to talk to Nick about his interest in doing this boxing thing. How serious he's taking it, uh, and transitioning from boxer me, transitioning from basketball into boxing—and hopefully having a much better result than say Nate Robinson did when he tried himself against uh, Jake Paul a couple years ago. Um, so yeah, so it was an interesting conversation. Uh, you know, I've I've learned to embrace that you know people are going to like what they're going to like. Uh, whether I like it or not is irrelevant. Um, people are going to like what they're going to like. Listen, I love college and Olympic wrestling. I love folk style wrestling. I love freestyle wrestling. I've even started to enjoy Greco-Roman wrestling. There's a whole lot of people who, Who could watch a wrestling match on, you know, the Big Ten Network or whatever, and be bored out of their minds? They're just not into it, and I'm okay with that. It's not. I'm not telling you to like what you you like. What you like, and there's a lot of people who like influencer boxing. I don't completely. I still don't completely get it. I still don't completely get the attraction. Um, you know, I like watching skilled fighters fight other skilled fighters. I look forward to, you know, you know, Aljamain Sterling, BJ, uh, TJ Dillashaw. I look forward to, uh, you know, Kamar Usman versus Leon. Edwards. I look forward to uh, Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira. I look forward to those fights. That's a really skill. Those are best of the best facing each other. I don't get as into the, what you know, we want to call quote unquote freak show fights, but again, you like what you like, and I'm never going to begrudge somebody for liking what they like. And these guys are out there making money. Uh, they're putting on shows and a lot of people are interested. And the one thing I will say before we get to Nick young, when I went to Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley uh, just a little over a year ago here in Ohio, Uh, The crowd, the uh, the audience was skewed so much younger. Uh, I felt like the oldest guy in the room because not only had I not heard of half the influencers people were talking about – But I I was blown away by the amount of young teenagers, you know, teenagers, college-age students, and that's not to say that group doesn't go to UFC events or big boxing events, Uh, but typically speaking with, let's say, UFC, you're you're typically seeing, you know, 25 to 45, 25 to 60, you know, is kind of like the age range, which you'll typically see at a UFC event. That's not to say you won't see younger kids there or younger teenagers there, like in the 13, 14, 15, but... By and large, the audience is much more mixed between like 25 and 45. At that Jake Paul event, I mean, I think the average age had to be 19 or 20. I mean, I'm not kidding. 21, 22, maybe. I mean, it was really young. A lot of kids lot of teenagers and those are fans who we assume if they're big fans now they will transition to become big fans later whether they continue to follow Jake Paul or KSI or Nick Young or whoever uh and then maybe they will get into watching you know mixed martial arts or you know watching you know uh you know Alexander Usyk versus uh, Alexander Usyk versus Anthony Joshua I don't know but again you like what you like I'm never going to fault you for liking what you like. So with that being said, I wanted to talk to at least one of the guys who was fighting on this uh, social gloves card coming up on Saturday from the Staples Center in Los Angeles. It's on pay-per-view. It's being carried by our friends over at Fight TV as well. Uh, Make sure you check that out. Uh, So I'm interested to hear from Nick Young, talk to him about his transition from basketball into boxing, how this whole thing came about, how serious he's taking it, and uh, what can we expect on Saturday night when he steps in the ring against Blueface. I'm here with the first round in NBA draft pick, NBA champion. But on September 10th, he's going to be putting on the gloves and throwing down at the Social Gloves <laughs> event against Blueface. I'm very excited to talk to Nick Swaggy P. Young. Nick, how are you? I'm good. I'm
3: good. How's everything?
2: Thank- I'm good, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for me. Uh, you've done a million interviews, you know, throughout your NBA career. How excited are you to do one talking about boxing?
3: I know it's, this is. It's good to talk about something different. You know.
2: <laughs> let me let me start here because you know this event's getting a lot of attention. I know it got rescheduled. You were going to fight earlier this year. Now it's going to be September 10th, but. Let me ask you. I know this is probably a question you've answered a thousand times, but I got to ask it. How did this happen? Like how did you get involved with boxing and, and doing this? Because we've seen a lot of crossover recently, but it's still, I mean, you are, you know, you're an NBA champion, you know what I mean? Like you're you we know you as a basketball player. So what what got you interested in doing this? Uh, well, you know
3: the guy you just talked to, Demetrius, he was talking trash about his gym, like, he go to this boxing gym all the time. He was like, I don't think you, I don't think you're ready for it. I don't think you can handle it. And I, you know, I wanted to stay fit, stay in shape sometimes all last summer. So I ended up going and I liked it. You know, I liked the, you know, what's been in the ring. I liked the, you know, how it kept me in shape. And, you know, from there, they were talking, would you fight? Would you fight somebody? Did you see the Dave Robinson fight? Did you see Dan Williams fight? Would you get in the ring? And I end up saying, yeah, and you know, it, the rest is history. And start finding people. Would you fight him? Would you fight him? Some people, I was like, nah, I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, uh, yeah, I was ready. I felt like uh, I had a good chance. But between my trainer and talking to Demetrius, I think uh, it it it's becoming a perfect fit for me.
2: Yeah. Now you, you're, you've been an athlete your whole life. So of course, you know, you can adapt to things better than the average person. You know, you're not coming in. We know like the social influencers coming in, like there's the big question because we don't know what. Yeah, we don't know how good they are athletically well you're a natural athlete you've been an athlete your entire life but again that doesn't mean you want to throw punches or get punched no, <laughs> so <Yeah>. like <laughs> w- like did you do like as a kid growing up like did you like were you interested in fighting at all like did you do anything like that or was this literally like the first time you really got into it when you stepped in that gym uh no you know my dad was a
3: boxer you know uh, and he will always tell us about it but and I had a bunch of I'm the youngest of you know four brothers, so I used to get beat up a lot. You know, <laughs> hopefully that helped out. <laughs> hopefully that helped out, but it still is nothing like being in the ring. You know, uh, I don't think nothing prepare you to get hit. You know, nobody want to get hit. But uh, the more I I, I train, the more I got comfortable. The more I'm getting comfortable, and I and I feel like um, September 10th I, I should be ready.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Now, I saw one of your training videos you posted on Instagram a few days ago, maybe it was last week, where you were in a sparring session. You clipped a guy, right hand, he went down. Now boxing like all combat sports is not easy i mean it's not easy now you have again you have natural gifts you're you're again athletically talented you're tall you got that long reach all those kind of things but that doesn't mean you can throw a punch we all know that we i've seen enough nba fights to know some guys can't throw a punch in the nba but you i saw that one two combo that left right combo and you you landed like that was good like have you adapted to it pretty quickly have you had fun doing it like in terms like you're going out there and learning and, and actually becoming a boxer
3: yeah, yeah, it's been fun. But some, you know, sometimes it's fun. Sometimes they throw me <laughs> in there, bar session with, with, you know, professionals. and you realize how far you are from, you know, being a real boxer. You know, uh, and uh, but you know, for the most part, I've been having fun. You know, it's good, you know, trying something new, learning something new. Uh, you know, after playing basketball, is good to, to find something that gives you that same kind of you know excitement so uh, it
2: feels good yeah now we've seen you know there have been like those kind of fun like crazy like you know, quote-unquote celebrity boxing matches back in the day but in the last couple of years we have seen more and more guys kind of getting into this side of the sport but you're yeah. not you know you're not necessarily the first guy but again i don't necessarily know you want to be the first guy because you just don't know what to expect now nate robinson Things did not go well for Nate Robinson. It did not work out well for him. But then you look at Darren Williams. Darren Williams came in and had a great performance against Frank Gore. I watched that fight, and he looked fantastic. Now, I know he's a, a bit you know a bit of a lifelong martial artist, and you know, really had fun doing it. But did you, like, when you watch those kind of fights, like, did it, I don't know, did it give, give you two sides of your same brain? Like, man, like, I want to do this. But, like, there is a cautionary tale to it, too. Like, it ain't easy. It ain't easy, for
3: sure. Uh, you know, i, I give Nate his credit for just getting in the ring, but I know it's tough. It's tough losing like that because that's all you get known for. You know, nate been a slam dunk champion, been known, played in the NBA for so long. Uh, And now all people know was for the guy that got knocked out by Jake, you know, so that's always going to be in the back of somebody's head. That's in the back of my head. Uh, But at the same time, you know, uh, if, you know, you come out victorious, you know, Things change for you, so I, you know, so it, it, it's you know it's ups and downs, you know. And you can become a meme in a bad way or a meme in a good way.
2: Yeah. Now
3: yeah. you you know when you're in when you're in
2: training, you're in sparring. You know you're out there to work with your teammates. your training partners. You're not obviously not trying to hurt each other. So I understand that. But like when I saw that knockdown i i'm sure that wasn't your first knockdown but when you landed like when you landed really hard for the first time and you knocked a guy down or you caught him with a good punch like how good did that feel because there is that learning curve right like you can throw punches doesn't mean you're going to land when you landed that first or even that video you posted you land that one two and that guy went down like how good did that feel just seeing the fruits of your labor paying off
3: (laughs) oh yeah that's so good you know that gave you the most confidence you know uh But my chair is like, don't get too high. I was like, I don't need no more I I I got this now. But, you know, just to see – like, you always want to see something like that, you know, because you watch it. I've been a fan of both sports, UFC, boxing. I I watch everything. And, you know, you see that all the time. And for you to be that guy on the other end knocking somebody down, it's it's, it's a great feeling, you know. I I went home, I showed everybody, you know. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now coming out, you know, doing your first fight, of course, you're you're a big name, Nick. I mean, you've been around, you're as I said, NBA champion, first round draft pick, all these things. So you are a big name. So you could have had a lot of different opponents. And yeah. you know, and you would be, you know, they, they talk about the A side, B side. You'd be the A side in, in in most fights. Did you know Blueface? Like were you aware of who he was? Cause he obviously had that one fight, you know, the one boxing match over at BKFC when he did the boxing match. Looked good that night. I covered that event. Um, were you aware of him? Did you know his name? Were you aware of him when you got that name?
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, L.A. guy, you know, I knew that. Uh, you know, from passing, you know, he knows some of the same people. But I didn't think he was going to, you know, accept the fight just because the the, weights, the weight difference, you know, uh, he's a lighter guy, like 170, 175, from 210, to 215. So I didn't think, the fight was going to be, or it didn't even happen. But uh, to his credit, you know, he accepted the fight, you know, and for some reason he thinks he's, you know, stronger and, and better than me. So we'll see. Yeah. Did you see
2: his, uh, his, I assume at some point, you've seen his boxing match he had over there in BKFC?
3: For sure, for sure. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm nothing like that guy. That guy was a 5'9". Which, you know, could throw a punch in, but it's probably somebody taller, longer arms,
2: you know. Uh, maybe I'll see what happens. Yeah, now he's, I'll be honest, like, from what, everything I've seen, he's kind of a rowdy guy. Like, hes I'm not saying this in a bad way, but he can be a bit of a troublemaker. You know, he kind of, you know, he does talk trash, and he gets in a lot of headlines, maybe not for the best of reasons, things like that. Like, how do you shut all that out going into fight week? Like, you know, listen... I know how I'm, I'm, I am the furthest thing from ever being, I played high school sports, so I know I'm the furthest thing from professional athlete, but even in high school, I remember how much we trash talked each other. Like it was bad then. So, you know what it's like to be trash talk on the court. I know it. I've seen those inside the NBA videos where they show the trash talk going on in the NBA, but like, how do you shut that out into fight week? Knowing And he's, you know, he might try to get in your head. Cause that's a mental warfare is a real thing. He actually he has it. You know, he has one match. So he does yeah. have that over you, that kind of thing. Like, how do you prepare for that knowing he's going to probably try to play that game going into fight week?
3: Uh, you know, just, well, I don't see the best of trash talkers. You know, I've been on the court with Kobe Bryant and, you know, uh, he, he's one of the best trash talkers ever. Uh, Kevin Garnett, you know, uh, you know, I've been around these guys and I, and I came in a game and KG was like, Who's this guy? What's his name? And looked up the back of my jersey and stuff when I was a rookie. So you know I, <laughs> Yeah, i have been in the game with Kobe when he'd tell my coach who's this guy guarding me. Why y'all got him guarding me and then <laughs> score a point? So and, I, I, I haven't seen it all. So uh, come this September tenth, you know, it's uh, it's nothing he can really tell me that could give me trick me out of my out of my game really. So yeah. yeah. Uh, I see him, you know. Hopefully, he make it, you know. And don't get beat up by his girlfriend, just, you know, beforehand.
2: I was gonna ask you about that because, you know, like I said, he's kind of he's kind of been in the headlines for the wrong reasons recently. And like, I gotta be honest, like, I saw a TMZ headline like yesterday or two days ago. Like, was there any concern? Like, is he gonna make it to the fight? Yeah, a lot of
3: concern, you know, both because uh, you know they don't like. You can't fight with scars and stuff, you know. And she was hitting with two pieces, you know. Uh, she was giving me motivation. I thought I might have to fight her. So, but he's they, they said they're not fighting no more. So, hopefully, we just everything's good and we just make it to this fight.
2: Yeah. 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 yeah you say trash talk, you know, of course, uh, you know, the late great Kobe Bryant, you talk about like all time great. I've heard stories. <laughs> we've all heard stories. Like, that's like setting the bar really high. Like, Blueface yeah. can't get to that level, right? Like, there's no way he can get to that level.
3: For sure, for sure. So, yeah, I've heard it all. So, yeah. Now, after four years. So,
2: (laughs) so now. You go in, like you go in here. The the goal is to win, right? Like it doesn't matter yeah. how you win, you want to win. But you know, again, we've seen you have power. You want to go in there. I mean, listen, it's 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 boxing. You don't want to go in there just to so eke out a decision. You want to go in there, and knock this guy out. Like, but you can't think about the knockout. But when you look at this fight, you think to yourself like that would be the perfect ending to knock this guy out. For sure, for
3: sure. You uh, know, uh, that's 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 the goal. You know, but if it goes the distance, uh. I don't want it to go to the distance. I want to have a great show to the point where you know uh, I look good and you know everything I, I worked hard for you know comes comes to light that night you know. And, but if it goes to distance, it goes the distance.
2: Yeah. Now I'm not in any way, shape, or form looking past September 10th because that's the goal. You got to get to September 10th. You got to knock out Blueface. You got to get your first win. But you know everything goes well like have you enjoyed boxing enough and, and and the training and the preparation for this like to where you think this is going to be a longer term thing like this isn't one and done
3: no no definitely not one and done. i, I want to see how far i could go with it uh you know I, and, and it's fun you know if you know once i i get past I pop my chair and get past my first one i want to you know call out some some more people and have fun with it and, You know, become the undisputed basketball champ. You know, boxing basketball champ.
2: (laughs) I like it. I like it. Now, I did see though. You know, away from basketball, I did see your comment on Twitter. You did not seem too impressed with KSI's performance last weekend.
3: He was fighting anybody. I felt like he (laughs) finds people on the street to have two fights in one night. That's that shows you he wasn't really fighting nobody. But it was some good fights. on the undercard, like the famous Temper fight when he fought slim was good. His brother Digi was and versus Fuji was a great fight, uh, and the Dan Dan the Great, Dean the Great, it was some good fights on, on his undercard, you know. But KSI, I, I felt like he didn't really fight nobody. I felt like if he, it'd be a good fight to see him fight like Austin McBoom or you know. Jake or somebody that he's won to fight because that, that
2: wasn't nothing yeah now I know you said like you know Austin of course in the main event right alongside you uh, he looked great in his in his first fight I watched that fight as well uh, when he fought Bryce Hall um, I know you said like that would be a fight but like for you like again not to like you know not to put Austin to the side or anything but like is that something like down the road maybe you get KSI or, or maybe Desi maybe you get deji first you get KSI like would you entertain that kind of
3: idea for sure, for sure, uh, that'll be a great fight, you know. And I'm all for you know. Uh, and the the better I lose, the more money I make. So.
2: Let's just... <laughs> now I I gotta ask you, Nick. Did you see on your insta? I'm sure you did. On your Instagram, you posted one of the videos. I think it was when you or you posted the uh, the poster for the event. Darren Williams was on there, and he said, "Let me get the winner." What do you think oh. about that? He said, let me get the winner. And I was like, "This was, it was Darren Williams. I looked it up, make sure it wasn't like, you know, some fake account. It was Darren Williams. He said, let me get the winner. What do you think?
3: With that, for sure. We both be one oh, Let's
2: do it. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. it. You know it's fun is these events have been a lot of fun. Like, listen, I, I like boxing, and you know, I love watching Canelo. I love watching Tyson Fury. I love, but the, what I what I like about these events is they've been fun. Like, they've been an injection of, like, just, a, just, a, just an enjoyable event to have fun watching these events. Like, I don't know how much you've watched them, but it just seems like these are fun events.
3: Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I think that's what the goal is for. You know, I don't think you can look at us like a Carnello or <laughs> – because none of us has been boxing that long, you know. But hopefully we got a, a good enough showing that, you know, you, you have fun being there watching it, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you're gonna be in your old, you're gonna be in your stomping grounds, right? You're gonna be in L.A. They say it's the Battle of L.A. Uh, I'm sure yeah. a little pride on line there too, right? For sure, for
3: sure. You know, it's not the street from my, you know, from USC where I went. So yeah, I'm gonna be all right. I'm now you right. were, now you were
2: USC. That was your college, and you played for the Lakers, obviously, for several years. What colors are you rocking this weekend? <laughs> I got or next weekend. I got to ask. Can can you tell me? Can you hint? Like, what colors you rocking?
3: Uh. I don't know. I, I, I've been watching a lot of Muhammad Ali, so I might go white. Okay. Okay. I
2: like it. I like it. Well, Nick, this is a, this is a really fun fight, and uh, I'm sure you've seen it. I mean, listen, you've seen the attention it's getting online and on Instagram and all the different things going on. Like, have you felt it? Have you felt the attention? Like, this event's getting a lot of buzz already. It's a week away, and, and people are talking. For sure, for
3: sure. It's like everywhere I go, it's just... Uh... Are your hands ready? Are you ready? All right, I'm going to be at the fight. You ready? Uh, you can't lose. So, you know, everywhere I go, I hear that. So, uh, you know, I'm ready. I'm glad there's going to be a lot of people there and people watching.
2: Absolutely. Well, Nick, thank you so much for taking the time. I really do appreciate it. I'm super excited to see you go out there and do your thing. Uh, see you go out there and throw some punches with Blueface. And, uh, man, we got to do this again. Everything goes well. You get the win. Uh, you got to come back. We do this again. We'll talk about the next one, all right? <laughs> For sure, for sure. Well, definitely. Absolutely. We'll talk again, okay?
3: All right. Well, man. All right. Thank you.
2: Bye-bye.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference.
2: A big thank you to uh, to Nick Young for coming on the show. Really appreciate him taking the time. Really looking forward to him stepping in there. I've also realized that in this podcast alone, I probably said the word blueface more than I ever imagined I would say the word blueface in my entire career. Uh, he is the guy facing Nick Young. Uh, Austin McBroom is the main event. He's another social influencer, and there's some other fights on this card. Check it out over on Fight TV this weekend. Of course, the biggest event of the weekend, at least where my coverage is concerned, is UFC 279, where Nate Diaz will have the final fight on his current UFC contract as he takes on Hamza Chemaev uh in a fight where he is a massive, massive underdog. Uh also in the co main event, Tony Ferguson returns to his old stomping grounds at welterweight as he takes on Li Jing Liang in a bit of a head scratcher. Doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, especially with Tony coming off that big knockout loss to Michael Chandler, but it is what it is. I know Tony has said numerous times he wants to fight at one seventy. Uh Tony had texted me photos of his training when he was down at Jackson's a few weeks ago. Uh and he looked good. You know, he looked good. He looked He looked you know in shape. He looked like he was, you know, having a good time. He looked, you know, ready to go. And gotta be honest, he looked good in that early going to the Michael Chandler fight. I mean, before he got caught, and then, you know, credit to Michael Chandler for landing that incredible knockout. But Tony looked good up to that point. He did not look bad. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I know Tony has said for a long time he wanted to test himself at Welterweight again. This is his chance to do that. So I'm actually kind of excited to see how he does. Although, again, I'm not really sure how much Li Jing Liang is the fight that's going to make a whole lot of sense for Tony Ferguson at this stage in his career. I think, you know, maybe a matchup against, uh, you know, a guy like Matt Brown or, you know, what is kind of like, you know, the, the legends of, of the division or Robbie Lawler, you know, that kind of fight would be a lot of fun to watch. Like, Robbie Lawler, Tony Ferguson, who would watch that, or even Brian Barberina. I know Brian's on a bit of a streak now, and you know trying to work towards top fifteen competition. But that would be a fun fight, you know, that kind of fight. So doesn't make a lot of sense, but you know it is what it is. But our next guest is the man who will fight in probably the most competitive fight on the main card, uh, with the most on the line in terms of where they go in the future of the division. Even though technically this fight is taking place at 180 pounds, that is Kevin Holland taking on Daniel Rodriguez. Now this fight came together on fairly short notice, so that's the reason for the catchway. We'll talk to Kevin about that. I'll also talk to him about Nate Diaz making his final appearance uh, in the UFC this weekend. Uh, Tony Ferguson, we'll talk about his future in terms of what he's going to do for the rest of this year because there were rumors that perhaps Kevin was going to be looking at a fight with Wonderboy. I know Wonderboy was looking at November for the Madison Square Garden card, UFC 281, uh, which is the Adesanya versus Paheya card. Um, So we're going to talk to Kevin about all of as well as uh, his heroics and other things he's got going on just days away from his fight against daniel rodriguez at ufc 279 he makes his return at ufc 279 actually kind of a short notice fight so it's going to be at a catchweight but he's still going to be one of the best welterweights in the world i am always happy to speak with kevin holland kevin how are you doing pretty good brother doing pretty good ripping and running running and ripping you know i mean yeah how about you I am fantastic, man. It's always a good day when I get to speak to you. And uh, obviously you are just about a week away from your fight. This all came. I didn't real. you know, it's funny. The fight got announced. And I didn't realize like how actually short notice this was. Like the fight's next week. It just got announced last week. So this was pretty short notice. <laughs>
4: yeah, it was just, uh, I mean, we call it short notice, but I call it, you know, another day in the office for me, you know, stay ready. You don't have to get ready. And, uh, you know, that's what we do.
2: Now I had heard, you know, I heard rumors there were a couple different potential fights out there for you. I heard maybe Wonder Boy in November. Then this Daniel Rodriguez fight came up, and I guess what I heard was is you to, you didn't want to wait. I'm not saying you wouldn't fight November 2, but you didn't want to wait all the way to November to fight again. Is that accurate? No, I want to fight
4: Wonder Boy for sure, for sure. Uh, but not wanting to wait is kind of accurate as well. Uh, you know, I did that in the Brunson fight. You know, they had me wait so long before I fought again Then I had I let a lot of things in life take over instead of just worrying about the fight. So this time around, you know, instead of making excuses, which I don't do, I just become a smarter athlete. I say, hey, I like to stay active. It's a big fight. I love that fight. You think I can get something in uh, before then so that way I know that my feet are wet, I'm ready to rock and roll. And, uh, you know, UFC being who they are, such great people, you know, Dana's the man, Shelby, Manor, you know, they all got everything under lock so they blessed me with that and uh they gave me a, a list of names I gave them a list of names and out of nowhere D-Rod came popped along and uh when I got I said I got a hard on man I got a hard on I got super happy to be able to fight D-Rod just because that's supposed to be my first welterweight fight to begin with so uh why not lock him up and knock him down you know what I mean
2: yeah I love it now the fights are the catchweight is 180 right is is that right? 180. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so now was that was that you or him, or was that just because it was short notice for both of you? Because I know you're not done at middleweight. You've had, you told me many times you'll find a middleweight again. Was it just because how short notice this was? It would just be harder to get to welterweight? It was harder for him? How did that come about that it was a catchweight?
4: I mean, I mean who do you think it was harder on? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm ready to go, bro. If it had been 170 pounds, I would have made it uh 185 pounds is what i asked for after they said no to 170 uh they told me no to 185 so they give me 180 i asked for 175 because that should really be a weight class they gave me 180 i'm cool with 180 because uh it's right in between both so maybe they'll rank me at both
2: <laughs> <laughs> like i did that. i like i like how that works right get get two for one yeah so now, D-Rod, we know what he's about. He's a super tough guy. You know, he's he's a, he's a fun guy to watch. Only one loss in the UFC on a three-fight win streak. I know this isn't necessarily a ranked guy, and we had talked, you know, we talked after your last win, we talked about potential matchups. You know, Wonderboy was one I mentioned, a couple other guys out there. Were you okay? I mean, at the end of the day, D-Rod's a tough guy, but not a top 15 guy. Did that matter? No, nah, fight to fight. He
4: used to be top 15. He only got removed from top 15 because of uh he got injured and he wasn't able to stay active. You know, the dude beat Kevin Lee. You know, if that doesn't rank you top 15, you know. Like they always say, where does Kevin Lee stand in all this? Kevin Lee always stands top 15 whatever weight class he's in. So uh yeah, D-Rod's D-Rod's the truth, man. Uh to say anything other than that, we'd be lying. You know, D-Rod's a fun fight. Is you know, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. I don't want to say anything bad about the dude. I like the dude he's from California you know he tries to play the tough role fuck you fuck that all that
2: type of stuff but
4: uh I don't know I don't buy it you know trying to sell a fight he ain't Diaz he's D-Rod stick to being D-Rod buddy
2: yeah do you like you know do you because it seems like a couple of your fights at well to it especially with the fight with Tim Means last time out like the UFC likes giving you these guys that have this notorious reputation for being super tough and then you go out there and beat him to me, that makes you look even better. And D-Rod's kind of that guy. He's never, you know, never been finished in the UFC. Only has one loss. It was a decision. You know, you go out there and beat this guy. You beat him decisively. You finish him like we know you know how to do. You know, that's an even bigger statement, right? Like, I know you like making statements in your fights, and this seems like another golden opportunity to do that.
4: Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, we definitely love making statements and stuff like that. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean statements always going to be made no matter what D-Rod being tough. I mean, everybody's tough until they're not tough anymore. Right. Everybody, everybody has a granted chance. So the chin's not granted no more, unless you're Luke Rockhold, then it was always weak. Uh, so, you know, it's, everybody's that guy until they're not that guy anymore. You know, some something happens when they fight me somewhere down the line, they become not that guy. So uh, I look forward to making sure that he's not that guy come that night, you know? And then every night after that, if he wants to be that guy, he can be, but come September 10th, you know, He won't be as tough as he normally is. He won't be this. He won't be that. And I don't care what the excuse is. That's perfectly fine by me. It's just uh, by the time the night's over with, I'm going to be the man. I'm either going to be on top or I'm going to have my hands raised. One way or another, I'm coming out, feeling good, looking good,
2: ready to go again. You know, I love, yeah, absolutely. Uh, with that being said, Kevin, you know, in a way you said, you know, the UFC kind of blessed you putting you on this card, getting you out there earlier because you didn't want to wait till November, but in a lot of ways you stepped in and kind of helped them out. Right. Because this card needed some star power. You know what I mean? They got you and they got Tony Ferguson kind of last minutes to come in here, help boost this card in a way. Like you are the guy, you always say, call, call me, call big mouth. They need somebody call big mouth. Once again, you're stepping up when needed.
4: Oh yeah. I mean, always, you know, uh, Whenever you need me, I'm going to be there. Look, it's a job. At the end of the day, you know, I know a lot of people try and act like it's not a job, but, you know, it's a job. And uh, we get paid to go to work. The only time you get paid is when you go to work. So uh, I like getting paid. Got to continue to clock in. Absolutely. I continue to make bread. I continue to clock in. So anytime they call me, I like to be ready. Uh, If I had a truck driving business, I'd always have to be ready for the calls, right? If I had a towing business, I'd always have to be ready for the calls. I am the towing company. I am the truck driving business. I'm the one that's gonna haul this shit wherever it gotta go, no matter what it is. So uh, you call me whenever you need me, and I'm there. We can figure out the weight class later.
2: Yeah. Now, when we spoke after your win against Tim Means, you know, we were talking about potential opponents. The one guy you mentioned that I thought actually had a real good chance to get me was the Nate Diaz fight. You know, he was trying to get out of the UFC, trying to get that last fight. Seemed like a fun fight. You know, I know you said you would love to face him. Ends up, you end up being on the same card as him, funny enough, with you and D-Rod. He's fighting Hamza Chemaev. Now, there's been a lot of opinions on Nate Diaz and Hamza Chemaev. As a guy who was, you know, legitimately going out there saying, hey, I'll fight Nate. That's a fight I would absolutely take, and I would love to take it. Can I get your opinion on that matchup? Because a lot of people, like, I don't know, it seems like a lot of people are just kind of looking past Diaz. Listen, I get it. Chemaev's a monster, and I, and I don't, you know, I feel like I know... What the UFC's doing here a little bit, maybe sending Diaz out on a loss versus a win, you know, an automatic win, that kind of thing. I don't know, but I don't know. How do you feel about that? Because I've heard a lot of mixed opinions about that matchup.
4: It's mixed martial arts. It's a fight. Nothing's ever locked in 100%. Uh If somebody shows up to fight and the other guy shows up thinking that he already has a fight in the bag, it could easily go the other way. That's just, that's part of the fight game. Uh Diaz, uh, people were writing him off, you know, but he, he rocked the... The champ right now, you know, the champ right now, he had the champ on wobble legs. He was on Corner Street in the fifth round, final round, in a very tough fight. And that guy is one hell of a striker. Um, Chimaev is a very, very dominant wrestler. Diaz is a very great grappler. You know, he has very good grappling off of his back. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he can do damage on top. So, I mean, I would never completely write off Diaz. Pretty sure Chimaev has a very smart camp. Uh, I think I met his head coach and stuff like that. They don't seem like the type of people who write anybody off. They seem like the type of people who take everything very serious. So on paper, 100%, Chemaev should win this fight. Uh, but us as fighters we do have a tendency sometimes to get a little big-headed uh, to think that we got everything in the bag. And that that could be the one problem. And that The kid's fun I right? To able to go out there and uh, do as he pleases the kids. I know a lot of people don't like to hear that, but he should he hopefully he makes it fun for the fans but uh if I was his coach and if I was Dana I'd want the kid to go out there get the job done and go home but that being said Diaz isn't an easy guy home I mean to go in there and get the job done and go home you know what I mean he makes it a fight so yeah, yeah. I know it's probably not what everybody wants to hear but yeah it's a fight you know I can't, I can't tell you exactly how it's gonna go because it's all about it's all about how the young lion shows up and it's all about how the old dog wants to fight so you know, Diaz might go out there and tap out without them even throwing any strikes. He might just say, ha, last fight's done on the contract. See you guys later. So, you, you you read you my know. mind.
2: I, I, I joked for a long time. I said, we know how bad Diaz wants out of that contract. I was like, what what if he just walked in the cage, Bruce, buffered, uh, Bruce Buffer announces him, and he just taps the cage and walks out again?
4: OG shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me personally, me personally I mean... I'm not ever gonna tell anybody to do that, cause I'm a company guy. I like the company I fight for. I like being I like getting paid. But uh, I mean, fuck, that'd be some gangster ass shit, wouldn't it? You know I mean, <laughs> only Diaz would do something like that. You know, walk in there, get his name announced, throw his hands up, tap page, and be like,
2: "Still <laughs> a That'd be sick. <laughs> if any, if anyone was gonna do it, it's gonna be <laughs> Nate Diaz.
4: Do anybody ever do that? If somebody's <laughs> having balls at work, to go out there and not care about nothing, have to go to the next line. has ever nobody has that type of mindset to do shit like that. But Diaz, when the moment's hot, so yeah, Diaz, fucking Diaz, brother.
2: <laughs> yeah. now the the other guy i wanted to ask you about in this car because this is your division now the welterweight division a lot of people have been talking about the other fight right ahead of yours is the the tony ferguson let's, li Jing liang fight now what i ask real. you this
4: is my this is my car let's be real yeah. this is my car this is d-rod hit around the money we are the main event like people can say a lot of different things sounds good but man, that's what everybody want to see just like when they was in austin texas I was main event, and my boy Adrian Yangs was co-main event. Like, that's what it is. They about to crash. I'm not helping them. But that's what it is, yeah. Like,
2: they didn't crash. This, this is the real main event is what we're saying.
4: This is the real main event, bro. Like, all that other stuff sounds good. I mean, I love Tony. I think Tony the man. Uh, I hear what you're saying about Tony and Jinga Lang, but. Tony's just getting his last fights out the way before he's done. You know what I mean? He's just having fun before he's done. You know, he's enjoying the career before the career is over. Uh, jing Alang. lang jing lang if he he wanted to to get challenged or something, he should have been fighting me. I would have knocked his block off. But it is what it is. I I hope everybody on the court has a good time. I think they're all good fights. But uh, me and D-Rod, that's what matters, baby. (laughs) That's where it's at. That's going to be the fun one right there.
2: Well it's funny you say that because yeah. I think a lot of people like this is the fight that actually has like people listen, you know, I think a lot of people are gonna be picking you to win, Kevin, but you know, we can't discount D Rod. He's a tough dude. I mean he didn't get in here by accident. It's not like he's coming in here off three losses in a row or something crazy. He's a good fighter. Uh you know, the Chamayavods are Beast. insane. I mean- You know, like, Chemiah's, like, an 11-to-1 favorite. You know, everyone's wondering, like, is Tony Ferguson done. This is the most competitive fight. Like, being honest, like, this is the most competitive fight. Like, that's what you want in a main event. That's what you want on On a card like this, right? Yeah,
4: on paper. On paper, this is the most competitive fight,
2: for sure. On paper,
4: you know? On paper. For
2: sure, for sure. No, I keep saying on paper, though. On paper. Yeah, on paper. On paper, not reality, but on paper.
4: Yeah, on paper. And that's all that matters. On paper is how you make the paper. So on paper, that is the fight. And uh, you guys know me, man. I, I, like to, I like to have a real fight. I don't like going out there and just doing my thing. I like to have a fight. I like to go in there and see what the other guy has and all that stuff. So I plan on having a good time against D-Rod. I mean, I, shit, I like getting hit. I want to see what that left hand all about. You know what I'm saying? I want to see if it's fully healed up or not. You know what I mean? I, I want to punch his left hand. I want to see if it's fully healed up or not. I want to see what doctors he's using. I might want to use them doctors one day, too. Let's have a good time. You know, like that's, everybody knows that about me. I love having a good time. Ain't nothing better than a fist fight. You know what I mean? Ain't nothing better than going out there too, man, locking it in and getting after it. So uh we're going to have a good time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Now I already know the answer to this question before I ask it, Kevin, but I'm going to ask it anyways, only because again, you were talking about potential matchups. I said the wonder boy fight in November. There's a couple other things. Can I assume Everything goes well on September 10th. you want to get one more in this year? Like, whether it's November, December, you'd like to get one more in?
4: 100%. Because this one right here will only be the
2: third fight. I have to fight at least four to five times a
4: year. See, people, they think that that five times a year was crazy because it happened in the, on the UFC scale. But I was doing that way before I ever got to the UFC. Like, i always fight as many times as I can in a year. And uh whether it's jiu-jitsu matches, super matches, uh MMA fights, Muay Thai fights, whatever the case may be, I do it all because – Like it's not about clout. It's not about a check. I do love the check. It's not about none of that. It's about my mental and my spiritual well-being. Like I feel better as a human being. I feel better as a, as a parent. I feel better as just the person that I need to be. I feel like a better Kevin when I fight four to five times a year, possibly seven, you know? And it's like, that's just seven, makes me a little tired, but four to five makes me feel really good. So I have to fight four to five times a year for my own mental capability to be able to be who I need to be. If I can't fight four to five times a year, just retire me. And I'm just being 100% honest. If I can't fight four, fight four to five times a year, retire me, I don't need to fight anymore. If I can fight four to five times a year, you know, on the minimum scale, then I like to stay active until I'm 36 years old. But if I can't do it, you know, physically or the, the job doesn't want to allow me to do it, you might as well give me my retirement papers and tell me to hang it up. 'Cause mentally if I'm a warrior, I'm a warrior and I need those battles. Just simple as that.
2: Yeah, I love that attitude, absolutely. And to that point, you know, you were when you were making your way up the ranks of middleweight, you know, you were fighting constantly and then, you know, you got into you know, you got in some great fights there in that top ten. What did you like? Can I ask, like, what you learned from that experience as you now do it at welterweight? You're fighting D. Rod, a guy, as we said, legitimately he should be a top fifteen guy, right around that top fifteen guy. We talked about the Wonder Boy fight. We know he's a top fifteen guy. Like, does your mentality change as you start getting up the rankings? Like, because I know you're not a guy who's picky and choosy. You're not a guy who's going to turn down opportunities. You're going to take uh, the fights that are presented to you.
4: My my mind hasn't changed uh, thinking about going up the rankings. My mind has changed thinking about going up in age. If that makes sense. I'm getting older, you know? It's like, uh, if there's some things that I want to accomplish, the window's starting to get a little bit smaller, so I need to accomplish those things. Uh, Other than that, nah, no worries at all. I don't care who I fight, I don't care about none of that. You know, it's like, uh, you continue to win, you're gonna continue to move up. You lose, you're gonna continue to go down. So, that's what matters. What matters is going in there, getting your hand raised, you know? I might take a little less last second fights, you know, because it's not as smart, but like i said i never i never said i was smart i always said i was a fighter so
2: you know <laughs> now uh kevin before i get you out of here you know we talked the last time we did uh, an interview and we talked about you know i kind of i kind of joke with you about your heroics you know you're a guy who always ends up being kind of like the right guy in the wrong place and you save the day But after we spoke, you actually talked, I think it was during the the pre-fight media, before your last fight, it was after our interview, and you said that you you don't really like the superhero label because, you know, you think about, like, the trauma that the people went through that you helped, and you kind of wish people would just help other people. Now... I have I fully embrace calling you a superhero, but I love that mentality and I just want yeah. to say that to you because it is true. Like you know, when you see somebody on the side of the road that needs help, like the mentality for most of us is we don't stop. We don't stop, we don't help people. If we saw a jackknife tractor trailer overturned, 99% of people wouldn't stop, you know what I mean? Like that's a different mentality. So, when I say superhero, that's why I say because you are the guy who will stop. You are the guy who will step up.
4: Yeah, I mean that's just how I was raised. I was raised to do the right thing. You know, it's like uh,
1: I had a lot of crazy
4: stuff going on in my family forever. You know, and it's like a lot of people could have did the wrong thing. You know, one specific person, she always did the right thing. That's who raised me. So, you know, it's like, I don't want to let her down. So, you know, we always do the right thing. When we get in a situation to do the right or the wrong thing, we try and do the right thing. You know, it's just the human being that we are, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, I admire that. I really do. And like I said, I I continue to use that superhero label only because, again, you are the guy who will do the right thing. And we got to be honest, Kevin, a lot of people in this world will not.
4: Yeah. Yeah, you are being 100% honest there. A lot of people in this world will not do the right thing. They won't attempt to do the right thing. They won't think about doing the right thing. Uh, It's not what they want to do. You know, they want to do the easy thing. And, you know, my hat's off to those people, too, because, you know, it, it takes a, it takes a lot to be able to turn your head and say, I'm not going to help somebody. So it's not easy being a shitty person. So my hat's off to all the shitty people in the room, you know,
2: <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just glad guys like you exist, Kevin, because in all honesty, like, you know, you see those kind of things. And most people just ignore them. most people just drive by most people just like while well, you know, let it happen in front. Of, or they video. They, we're in a world now where people pull out their phone and they record it happening, but they wouldn't actually do anything about it. Yeah, I mean, I could never be that person because my phone's usually
4: pretty much always dead anyway. So <laughs> trying to record something might take more life out of me than uh out of them. So I usually put my phone on the charger and then go help. It usually gives me a good five to ten minutes to get some juice on my phone. You know there, you know what go.
2: Mean? <laughs> there you go. Uh last thing for you, Kevin. I, I you know, you're always such a busy guy with training and, and being a dad and all the other things you got going on, but you're also a musician now, I see. You got a music career starting. <laughs>
4: Yeah, no, I don't know. It's, it's, it ain't like that guys. Uh, <laughs> so first first and foremost, I always joke about it, but make no mistake. I'm pretty, I'm pretty serious about it too. I always want to be better than Tyrone Woodley at everything. You know what I mean? Just because, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is about Tyrone Woodley. Maybe it's because my ex-wife used to like him, you know, they used to <laughs> bug me. And then we see him on the elevator one day and I was like, see, told you we'd see him one day. So Yeah, I always want to be better than Tyrone Willie at everything. And I mean everything. You can check his OnlyFans and check my OnlyFans. I'm pretty sure I'm better than him at everything. Uh, (laughs) And then you got the music thing. So, yeah, so far I'm getting good reviews. I think I'm better than him at that. But I have a little cousin. My whole family, my whole life, they've always done music. My grandfather, uh, certified bass player. He plays the bass guitar really well. He's been uh, on tours with a lot of freaking uh, gospel singers and stuff like that. The guy's a badass You know, he's done a lot in his lifetime. You know, he's probably 60 years old, uh, close to 70 these days, but he's lived about 140 years worth of life. So my grandpa's a badass, you know, and it's like, uh, that's just how it is in my family. Everybody does a lot. My little cousin, he's a really good rapper, I think. I like his music, uh, and I can freestyle a little bit. So I figured I'd try and get all the fans that like rapping in the UFC that follow me, follow him, show him some love as well, who doesn't want another successful person in the family and uh who also doesn't want to help their boys out so yeah i just figured i'd do what i could to help him get a little extra exposure so you know yeah
2: so the, but does that mean now if you want to beat tyron woodley at everything does that mean you're going to go into acting too or are you going to like he's in the new season of cobra kai are you going to be like in the next season of cobra kai or try to do an even bigger show than tyron woodley is that the next yeah. step
4: Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, Cobra Kai is pretty cool, but that comes from Karate Kid, right? So if you guys want to make a new Karate Kid actual movie, you know, you need a new Kung Fu coach. You know, I could be that cool-ass Kung Fu coach that was like, uh, what's that, Uh, who's Bruce Leroy? Who played that Bruce Leroy? I could be the Bruce Leroy who now is officially a coach. I could be that guy. I got the throw. I got everything you need. Uh, But, yeah, whatever Tyrone Woodley does, I can do it better. So if he's acting, I can do better than him on that, too. I'm 100% positive on that. Nothing against Tyrone Woodley. only thing that he can do better than me is be a mama's boy, and ain't nothing wrong with that. Just I'm a man's man, so I can't be that anymore. But I am a grandma's boy. Hope you guys seen that movie before. <laughs> it's pretty funny
2: fucking movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Kevin, I appreciate you doing this. You're literally on the road right now, so I appreciate you doing this with me. Uh, safe travels out to the fight. Best of luck in the fight, and I'm sure we will catch up afterwards. And thank you, as always, for doing this. I appreciate it.
4: Oh, man, no problem. Hey, and make sure you guys be on the lookout for those new shoes that Dana's going to get. Halloween shoes, baby. Let's go.
2: <laughs> I love it, Kevin. Talk soon, okay? All right, brother. You have a Bye-bye. Good you too. Bye-bye. Bye. It is always great to catch up with Kevin Holland, always one of my favorite interviews in the sport. He's such an honest and fun guy to talk to. Uh, Always look forward to his fights, and I really do legitimately believe this is a guy who could be knocking on the door of that top five at Welterweight sooner rather than later. Now, of course, we've got to answer the question, how is he going to do against the wrestlers? Because eventually he's going to run in to you know the you know the, the top guys the top grapplers the Gilbert Burns of the world the uh, you know the Colby Covingtons of the world how is he going to adjust to that at this weight class where it didn't seem to go too well for him at middleweight but for now there's still a lot of fun fights out there for him at that top 15 level before he gets to a Colby Covington before he gets to a Gilbert Burns uh, and this is a great test because Daniel Rodriguez is as tough as they come and uh, he's never been finished in the UFC has one loss on his record in the UFC very very good fighter. This This would be a really, really fun fight. As Kevin said, you know, this is probably the main event because it's the most, uh, you know, on paper, it's the most even fight on the main card. Uh, You know, of course, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on the main event, of course, also on Tony Ferguson versus Li Jing Liang. But there there are far more questions than answers about those fights, which I think takes away some of the intrigue. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, with Tony Ferguson, it's not that we're looking forward to a great fight. We're wondering, like, what does Tony have left? You know, what what does where does Tony go from here after several losses in a row? I refuse to write that guy off because Tony is too good. But age and damage catches up to everybody. It is undefeated. Father time is undefeated. We all know that. Um and Li Jing Liang hits freaking hard. Like, that is real welterweight power. He may not be the best welterweight in the world. He may not even be top 10 welterweight in the world, but he is a legitimately tough dude with real knockout power. So it's going to be interesting to see how Tony adjusts to that uh, at this new division. Also, in the main event, listen, you know, Hamza Chemaev is an 11-to-1 favorite for a reason. He is that good. He proved it in the Gilbert Burns fight. Very close fight, but you go out there and do that with Gilbert Burns, you're legit. Um, will he become champion? I think there's a good chance of it. But, you know, I think the Gilbert Burns fight showed that he's not invincible. He's not this unstoppable wrecking machine that could just walk through everybody on his way to becoming champion. That's not going to happen. Uh, you know, Gilbert Burns tested him and, and, you know, Gilbert Burns pushed him to the limit. Gilbert Burns was maybe a couple exchanges away from winning that fight. Uh, you know, so, you know, nobody can write off. Uh, you know, just these top-ranked welterweights going out there and beating Hamza Chemaev. You know, I think, you know, Colby Covington is always going to be a tough matchup for everybody in the division. Um, You know, Kamar Usman, of course, former champion, still one of the best welterweights in the world. Leon Edwards proved against Kamar Usman he's the best welterweight in the world. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys in that division that are going to be tough for Hamza, but I don't know that Nate Diaz is that guy. I like Nate very much. I think Nate is a great fighter, and I think the UFC did him dirty by not allowing him to fight out his contract sooner than this by, you know, kind of jumping dragging things out and not giving him fights. Uh, everyone was interested in the Dustin Poirier fight, and somehow that didn't come together, and we ended up with Hamza Chemaev. Uh, it is what it is. Um, I don't give Nate a great chance to win this fight, if I'm being honest. Uh, I don't really think Nate is a true welterweight. Um, I just I just don't. I mean, I think he is a great lightweight. I think he's a very serviceable guy. I think he can go out there and win a lot of big fights still, but I don't know that Chamaev is the guy he'll get over on. But that being said, Diaz is definitely motivated. Um you know, this is the last fight in this deal. He wants out of the UFC. He wants to test free agency. I understand all that. I sympathize I sympathize with all that. Um so we'll see how it goes, you know. Like I said, this is the fight game. You can never predict what happens. If you would have told me You know, Kamar Usman's up three rounds to one, heading into the fifth round of a title fight that looked like Leon Edwards was breaking and maybe not just mentally there anymore. I would have pretty much said, put all your money on Usman winning. And then with one minute to go, Leon Edwards hits that head kick and wins. So you can't count anybody out. Nate Diaz almost pulled off a huge comeback against Leon Edwards, you know, a little over a year ago. Let's not forget that. You know, he had had Leon on the ropes in that fifth round. um, And that is now the welterweight champion of the world. So don't count out Nate, Nate Diaz. In no way, shape, or form should you count him out. But I do think Hamza Chimaev is as good as advertised, and I think it's going to be really tough for Nate to get a win this weekend. All right, folks, want to say a big thank you as always for everyone that tunes in to The Fighter versus The Rider. We'll be back next week as we wrap up UFC 279 coverage. Also a big thank you to both of our guests this week, of course, Nick Young and uh, Kevin Holland for being on the show. Really appreciate them. Nick Young, of course, fighting on the Social Gloves event this uh, Saturday night from L.A. Uh, on Fight TV, so check that out. Of course, the UFC 279 P Pay per view will also be Saturday night, and we'll have all your coverage locked in at MMAFighting.com. Always check out the podcast on all of your favorite podcast platforms Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, and of course, over on MMAFighting.com. We'll see you guys next week for another edition of The Fighter versus the Writer. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you then.